my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. Uh, this is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, this is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm pastor to the Brighton, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, right here in the beautiful uh, city of Adelaide. I'm also your presenter of Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday. And guys, it is wonderful uh, to be able to join with you uh, once uh, once again. Uh, now, look, uh, this is a, a fantastic uh, Adelaide day uh, out there at the at the present time. Hot weather is uh, is coming, uh, but uh, folks uh, here in Adelaide, we are really enjoying ourselves. Now, this week uh, we're asking uh, a question that has been asked of so many uh, Christian people: Is faith more than a crutch? For the week. Now, this is a, is a question that I believe is really going to impact, uh, lives. This is a life changing question. Uh, this is a question that is often thrown at, uh, believers, uh, by, uh, sometimes by highly trained, uh, academics. How do we actually respond to it? Well, today, uh, I've got a, uh, got a wonderful co-host who's actually going to be able to respond, uh, and give us some answers to that, uh, that particular particular issue. Today my co-host is uh, Pastor uh, Yongsin Chi. Uh, we call him Yoshi because uh, that's nice and uh, nice and easy. Welcome to you, Yoshi. Thank you, Gary. It is good to be here. I have been in South Australia for all of three weeks now. I did a bit of a travelling back and forth. I can't say I... I'm from Melbourne, so the weather is... And of course, of it course, better. <laughs> in Melbourne, you tend to get four seasons in a day. Here, yep. we sometimes only get two. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> it, it's a little bit more consistent. But, um, some of our people um, may not uh, realize that, um, Yoshi is actually the secretary of the Seventh day Adventist Church, uh, right here in, uh, in South Australia. Now, that means that he is my number two boss. Tomorrow, uh, we're on air with uh, Pastor David Butcher. He's my number one. Boss, which means I have to be very careful uh, what I say to uh, to these guys. Uh, my most common answer is yes, and uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually practicing saying that for for Yoshi at this uh, <laughs> at this particular particular time. But it is wonderful to have uh, Yoshi here in uh, in South Oz uh, in a brand new uh, leadership role. He's taking the position of. Uh, Pastor Joseph Matichich, and of course Joseph was one of the, a greatly loved presenter. He presented every Monday uh, here on uh, here on Faith FM Drive Time, and uh, I know how much he was he was really loved uh, by so many of our uh, of our listeners. Now, tell me, Yoshi, how did the move to South Oz actually go? Um, it's been pretty good, actually. Um, I think my biggest challenge, and Joseph, I've had the chance to do a bit of a transition and handover with him. Great guy, right? It's yeah. just just a really nice guy uh, on air and off air and he's what you see what you get what you hear what you get sort of um, indeed, everywhere indeed. yeah so I, I, I've joked to the colleagues I've got tw- Joseph's shoes are size 27 that's the size of the shoes that I have to fill but South Australia has been pretty good um, we've been here for all of three weeks my wife loves it um, we, we, we like the weather slightly better oh, uh, let, let, let me take that back it's a bit warmer um, and my wife loves it, but I'm, I'm sort of, yeah. Do you have children? No, no, we don't have any children. No children? No. Oh, well, you've got yet. a joy to come. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes, no, no, that's uh, that. That is really, uh, uh, really wonderful. It's uh, it's lovely when the family enjoys mm. uh, the uh, uh, the area as much as as much as you do. Um, so, uh, have you unpacked all the boxes? <laughs> no, we were in New South Wales for a conference all of last week. Um, yeah, everything is everything is everywhere, Gary. So it's a it's terrible a time. I've yeah. I, I've been through that many times myself. Yeah, and uh, I know myself. I mean, our aim in our house normally is actually to get the boxes labelled kitchen uh, open first and all set up because we find that once we've actually got a kitchen that we can work from, uh, that uh, everything else can you know it can take a little bit of time. That's but true. the kitchen is actually so imp- at least in our house. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, let's come to uh, our World Watch segment. Now, I love this uh, this particular uh, section of our program. Of course, World Watch. What we try to do here is to look at some of the uh, issues that are impacting the Christian world in the big wide world that uh, that we actually inhabit. Now, of course. <clears throat> Um, today, we've actually got one that's based resoundingly here in, uh, here in Australia. Uh, this is an issue that it's certainly been in the newspapers, uh, in, on numerous occasions and it was just launched, uh, uh, in its most significant manner today. The article is entitled, uh, Churches versus State to Save Faith School Rights. Now, uh, this is the issue, of course, of uh, of churches and the right of churches, and particularly church-based schools, to hire and fire uh, teachers of their own particular. Uh, understand religious understanding now uh, this is really starting to heat up uh, this particular discussion now i'd just like to read to you just a just a few a few lines from uh, an article that was in the australian just uh, just this morning and uh, they were commenting on uh, on this particular issue an alliance of the nation's most senior spiritual leaders is warning the future of religious education is under threat and their schools will no longer be allowed to choose teachers who share the same faith under proposed anti-discrimination uh, reforms. The group, including more than 30 leaders from Christian, Jewish and Islamic faiths, wrote a letter to Attorney General Mark DeFrayas uh, on Monday, uh, that was just yesterday, sounding the alarm on a controversial uh, reform proposal put forward in late January by the powerful Australian Law Reform Commission. Under the Australian Law Reform Commission plan, uh, principals would be barred from preferencing the employment of teachers with the same beliefs and spiritual outlook as that particular educational uh, institution. That said, under the plan, schools would be forced to hire teachers who may not share or may not support the religious beliefs of the organisation and whose employment could only be terminated when they actively undermine, whatever that means, the religious ethos of the school. The Australian Law Reform Commission consultation paper proposed that religious educators could only continue to give preference to prospective staff on religious grounds where the teaching, 
observance, or practice of religion is genuinely part of that role. I imagine here we're talking about school chaplains, for example, um, is my expectation. Uh, For all other teaching roles, including essential subjects such as maths, science, history, and English, it would be unlawful for schools to preference the employment of teachers who shared or who were willing to commit uh, to supporting the religious beliefs of the of the school. Now, Yoshi, when I read this, now look here here in South Australia, um, you're the the secretary for our uh, for two incorporated uh, bodies. One of them is uh, uh, Seventh Day Adventist uh, Schools South Australia, mm-hmm. and uh, we we certainly run. I think at three three schools. I think we've got uh, uh, twelve thirteen hundred students. 1, we've got fifteen hundred students now. Uh, we've got uh, multiple uh, teachers actually teach. In, in those schools, so this really affects us in a really significant way. Now, mm-hmm. you're the you're certainly the secretary for uh, these uh, these two companies. Now, mm-hmm. I suppose, firstly, what do you see as the issue here? And um, you know, I, I suppose, do you sense? I mean, what's the problem with um, with this particular proposal that comes out? with the Australian uh, Law Reform Commission. So, Gary, at the outset, this seems like a really harmless thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you know, we're hiring, for the, for a lack of a better term, non-believers yep. to teach non-believing subjects. Yep. So yep. this law still permits, as you said, chaplains, anything that has a religious education component that we have to have teachers or yep. chaplains to share the same education, uh, to, say, to share the same principles. But for math and science and all of those things, well – why do we need religious, you know, people of the same religious beliefs? I mean, there's hardly a a, a Catholic way or a Seventh-day Adventist way of exactly. teaching maths. Exactly. Yeah. So at the outset, it seems to be, well, this makes sense. It's yeah. non-discriminatory and all those things. But consider this. So, Gary, you and I wear glasses. I know yeah. our viewers yeah. can't see yeah. us now, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I recently, maybe, maybe let me illustrate it this way. I was told that even though I'm not that old, I need bifocal glasses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, optometrist said to me, we can do it where you, if you look down, you know, you can read, and if you look up, you can see far away. Yep, yep. Now, I've got those. Well, I don't because <laughs> I, <laughs> I asked the question, do I need to get used to that? And he goes, it'll take a bit of time. Yeah, it so does. I said, yep. I said, well, how bad is it? Can I get away without it? And the optometrist said, you probably could. Mm-hmm. Now, what am I, why am I sharing this, Gary? Because the glasses that you wear will determine how you see things. This ideal worldview so you, let's let's talk about math. Let's talk about science, right? Mm-hmm. There is no there is no Catholic way to teach science. There's no Seventh Day Adventist way or atheistic way to teach science or math. Well, well, there is to a degree. Mm-hmm. So when you teach math, when you teach numbers, when you teach finance, mm. the biblical worldview teaches us that life goes beyond just what is happening in this world. Okay. So if I'm teaching economics. I'm not going to go and say, uh, as a Christian, I'm going to go and say, yep, go and make as much money as you can. You only live once. And the way I communicate my values and all of those things will come across in how I teach. Now, if I send my kid to a Seventh-day Adventist school, to a Christian school, 
or for that matter to a Catholic school or to a Muslim school or to any sort of school with a religious connotation, mm. I would expect that that's the worldview that I would like my kids to get yes. um, in that sort of environment. When you make a law, when you create a situation when um, that worldview can't be shared except in very narrow concepts mm. and very narrow mm. classes, mm. Um, then you are taking away essentially the identity of the school. Yeah. And why we exist. I mean, why, why call it a religious school anymore? Because, yeah. um, when we can't share our worldviews and what we believe in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think what you've said there is actually so important because, uh, to me, I know right through my, uh, educational system, and I certainly went to a, uh, to a, to a religious, to a Seventh day Adventist uh, high school, and, uh, I, I found that, uh, uh, so much of what the teachers actually believe is imparted in other places other than the classroom. Mm, so in other words, definitely. you might have a, a maths teacher, and okay, he's teaching maths just like anybody else, but uh, during the uh, the lunch break, he's out in the paddock, and I can still remember one of one of my my teachers, uh, he was uh, he was he had the respect of mm. everybody. And one of the things that I noticed about about him was that there are so many of the of us as young people who, if we needed somebody to talk to, we would actually go and talk mm. to this teacher. That person might teach, not necessarily broken up. A course. He's not teaching maths anymore. Mm. He's out in the paddock. He's mm. playing with the uh, with the young people. Mm. He's imparting, if you like, his world view mm. and. In the answers to those to those questions, what imperceptibly comes through is the way that you actually view your world and mm. your society. I think you're, you know, that the example that you've used is a really important one. You know, mm. as Christians, we certainly uh, say that uh, look, this world is not all there is. Mm. That in fact, this world is going to go. There is a, there's going to be a new heaven mm-hmm. and a new earth. Mm-hmm. But we're actually preparing for eternity. We're not just preparing. Uh, for you know a secular uh, envi- uh, world world here and now and then there's nothing after you know this to me provides incredible hope and to me it's actually so important when you know maybe a student is depressed mm. they're talking to their uh, to their to their teacher uh, that the teacher is able to provide that level of hope that hey there's a bigger picture here please look at this picture you know i'm i'm just so conscious that uh, there used to be bangles and i don't know if you recognize them you know you only live once you know yeah <laughs> did you ever wear them no no i yeah i don't yeah no. but you know it's, it's not a it's not a christian worldview is it you no, know you know yeah. you only live once yep. that's that's not the way that certainly scriptures present but what 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 is just so important is this ability to be able to present a worldview that is thoroughly Christian. And to me, as I looked at that, I sort of sort of thought, "Hey, uh, you know, this this proposal, uh, to me at least, mm. undermines much of well, virtually everything 
that Christian education is about. Yeah, yeah. You know, Gary, I didn't go to uh, Christian schools growing up. In yeah. fact, I grew up in Malaysia um, yeah. for my teenage years. I came, I did come to uh, Melbourne to finish high school. But I can tell you, Gary, I remember my teachers in Malaysia as they were nice. They weren't bad. They, yeah. you know, in fact, I, I remember many of them fondly. Yeah. But it's a little bit different um, from a Christian perspective because outside of the classroom, now you know, teachers they don't pre. They don't. They don't preach the way a pastor like you and yep, I do, yep, right? Yep, so yep. that's not their role. Their role yep. is to teach. Yep. But what happens when a student fails a class? Yep. I mean, use that as an example, right? Yeah. Um, I, I remember when I was at, um, I shouldn't say the university, it's a secular university. I was doing an accounting degree, and I was, I, I, I failed a class. Mm-hmm. And all the teacher said to me was, "Well, you only have this one life, and that's it. Too bad. You better pick yourself up, or you're done." That's a powerful statement, isn't it? So, and that was that. And I was so depressed. I had to, I was like, I better get my act together. And I did, not just because of what he said, partially to prove him wrong. Yeah. But a Christian worldview is, hey, you failed. Well, what can we do to get you back up? Because it's, this is not, this is, this isn't it. Yeah. We have a life that to look forward to beyond just what happens here. Yeah. Failing in this life. Well, God doesn't call us to fail for sure, but there is hope beyond. There is hope. And those, that Christian ethos, I think, comes across most of the time unconsciously for, from teachers who are teaching science, who's teaching math, who's teaching all those quote unquote non-religious subjects. Well, yeah. let's face it. I mean, I, I really appreciate that because that I believe is actually so true. I mean, even mm. with our mates, uh, when we're uh, talking in an informal setting, mm. their beliefs filter through to us, don't yeah, they? We yeah. know where they are at. Yep. You know, we know that, you know, one of them is likely to, you know, at the Christmas dinner table, we know that <laughs> Uncle Joe down the we road there, one, he's, <laughs> he's going to push his, his pet, his pet theory. Yeah. Um, do you know, that's true for I, I believe for, for all of us, mm. and uh, you know this is this is why Christian education I believe is just so important. The that ability to be able to choose the teachers that are presenting. Mm-hmm. A teaching is far more than just maths or English or an isolated subject. Mm. That is such a uh, I believe a narrow view of education. Mm. What we are looking at here is the broad view of what education is about. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Look, let's come to some some music. Uh love uh, love this uh, particular uh, group Faith First uh, where there is faith. Uh please uh please enjoy. These are these are powerful powerful words uh and uh, I love this song. Please enjoy.
Faith first, uh, where there is faith. I love the words and uh, love the uh, uh, the message in uh, in that particular song. Uh, now, look, folks, we do have a fantastic giveaway today, and this one has been incredibly popular. Uh, yesterday, uh, this has almost been walking out the doors for us. I, I I thought everybody had a Bible, and if you've got a Bible but you'd like another one, this is your opportunity. This week, uh, for the first time ever, we are giving away a, a New King James Version gift Bible. Now, this is uh, something uh, that is super, super good because uh, uh, what we have uh, is... It includes uh, Mark Finley, Bible Study Helps, and also uh, a Bible Reading Plan. Now, this is all part of the uh, of this Bible that we're giving away. Now, we would love uh, you to uh, to pick up uh, your own copy of, of this Bible. It's a brand new Bible. It's a New King James Version, uh, and it includes the Mark Finley Bible Study Helps uh, and Seminars, and uh, also the uh, uh, a Bible study uh, guide. Read your Bible through in in twelve months. I believe you'll be richly blessed by this particular uh, copy of the Bible. Now, look, if you'd like your own copy, what you need to do is to text us. Now, our studio text number is oh four triple eight eight oh eight. 
11. That number again is 04888-80811. And all you need to do is to send us our code. Now, our code for this week is SA103. Now, no gap between the SA and the 103. Uh, that will go through uh, to our robot. And our robot's name, he's Pilgrim, uh, but he's not a very clever robot. Uh, if you put a gap between the SA and the 103, he hasn't worked out how to read that. So uh, please uh, just uh, send in uh, SA103 to our number. It's 04888 Our robot, um, Pilgrim, he'll ask you just a few questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, possible uh, manner. Uh, that, again, is the New King James Version Gift Bible uh, with Mark Finley. Now, Mark Finley is one of the uh, best uh, presenters that I've I've certainly heard. Uh, and uh, they're his Bible study guides, and we also have Read the Bible Through in 12 Months and a guide as to how you can actually do that. I would really recommend uh, this uh, this book to you. If you'd like that, uh, please just uh, just text us uh, at that number, and we will uh, get that to you uh, in the, the fastest way that uh, uh, that is possible. Now, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today my co-host is uh, Pastor Yongsin Chi, or we call him Yoshi. Now, Yoshi has just been appointed uh, as the secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia. That's uh, the executive secretary, which makes him uh, one of my many bosses. It's one amazing how many bosses I've actually, I, I do actually have. Uh, and it's great to have him in the uh, in the studio uh, and this week we're asking is faith more than a crutch uh, for the week now yesterday a uh, pastor will and a uh, pastor ricardo now i was listening to their program really appreciated some of the points particularly that pastor ricardo uh, brought out uh, that was uh, that was a powerful program they looked at defining what faith is uh, they dug into that uh, chapter in hebrews chapter 11 and today we dig into one of the common accusations against those who maintain faith and that of accusation of course is oh faith is simply a crutch uh, for the for the weak now um, many many of you may not may not realize that uh, that crutch that uh, that claim has been made repetitiously uh, throughout uh, certainly recent Christian uh, history um, it's a common complaint that uh, Christianity or at least religion in general is nothing more than an emotional or a psychological crutch you know weak people so the so the argument goes need a crutch like this need these types of beliefs to help them cope to get by in life do you know Yoshi one of the first times I remember uh, being um, having to deal with this particular subject and in those years I was uh, I was attending a um, a faith based uh, school in Sydney I grew up in Sydney as a young man over there and every day I had to get the train uh, to school and I will remember on one particular occasion falling into discussion with a, a fellow he was probably twice my twice my age but he seemed to have a burden about religious belief mm. and this was one of the issues this was the issue that he actually uh, 
uh, brought up with me. And I accept that at the time I actually didn't have a very good answer. He, he said, hey, look, you know, uh, really faith is just a, a crutch for weak people. You're not a weak person, are you? There was a little bit of a, you know, hey, you know, I mean, challenge your faith type, uh, uh, type situation here. Now, so these, you know, critics, claim that people don't need religion. It's only for the weak, the feeble, the insecure. The idea of a God is simply an invention to help people cope with life. You know, I mean, this just goes on and goes on and goes on. Uh, do you know, as I, as I look at these, uh, these claims, uh, I'm, I'm conscious that significant people have made these claims. Now, that's, that's on one hand. But then you've got the, got the other hand. Now, if you come to the Christian scriptures, uh, there are some remarkable things said about faith in the Bible. Now, yesterday we were digging into Hebrews 11, and I did appreciate what uh, Pastor Ricardo and Pastor Will shared. But today I'd just like to pick up, just to start with, and I'd like to get your feedback on this one, uh, Yoshi. Mm-hmm. There's a passage of scripture in, in Romans, because, you know, on one hand, it's, you know, faith is a, a crutch for the weak. And yet Romans chapter one, verse 16 says this. For I'm not ashamed. This is the apostle Paul speaking. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it's written, the just will live by faith. Now, look, Yoshi, can you just mm-hmm. dig into that passage just a little bit? What is Paul really saying in in those couple of verses? Okay, so Paul's story is actually really interesting. Um, if you read through the entire Bible of what he's been through, um, the short version is that he did many, many bad things. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. God appeared to him, and his life was changed, and he writes to the Romans, and he's actually saying things like, um, like what's written here is not something that you just go, oh, you know, you're sad, you're down, you're falling apart. Well, mm. here's God. Mm. The concept, that verse there uh, at the end of Romans one seventeen, the just shall live by faith. The just um, in the original Greek is dikaios. So it actually means righteous. Okay. So the very essence of faith, and if you go back to yesterday's presentation, Hebrews 11, isn't about being weak or being strong. The Bible never claims that. Oh, sure, the, the God God does help the weak in the Bible, mm-hmm. but there are many who are very strong in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, so it isn't exclusively limited to just um, those who need help who are downtrodden. Mm-hmm. If anything, being just isn't an easy thing. Mm-hmm. Being righteous isn't an mm-hmm. easy thing. Yeah, I mean, how many uh, you, John? You, yeah, you look at John. Somebody, I saw somebody like Paul, right? He had to go from being an evil person effectively. Yeah. And he's saying, I, I, I now am righteous. There's a transition. There's there. a transition. It has actually occurred. He's gone from being someone that was struggling with life yeah. to someone who's able to say, this is the power of God. Now, you know, to me, one of the things I appreciate about yeah. this verse is that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God. You know, power of God, of course, the word power of God comes from, you know, power, Greek word dunamis. Mm-hmm. Uh, dunamis, of course, is where we get that word 
dynamite. dynamite. Yeah. You know, dynamite. It's the dynamite of South. It's the explosive part of, uh, of Christianity. You know, when I read that, I sort of say, hey, there's something about faith here that I think some of those who make these comments that faith is a crutch for the weak simply don't seem to understand. Mm. You know, on, on one hand, we seem to have these claims, Christianity is a crutch for the weak. But then, on the other hand, you've got Paul here in the book of Romans turning around and saying, well, no, actually faith is the power of God, the dunamis, the dynamite of God to salvation. To You know, I many years ago, I... Um, um, you know, the just shall live by faith. I used to, I used to think that, hey, you know, that means that the just will live eternally mm-hmm. by faith. Mm. And then somebody said to me, they said, Gary, I think you're reading the verse wrong. And I said, how do you mean? And they said, that verse is not dealing with the, with the future because in the future, faith will be, you know, f- there will be three things that remain, faith, hope, and love. But in the future, you actually don't need faith and hope because they will actually uh, come uh, to their full fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, when that which is seen uh, becomes present, then faith itself is no longer needed. But here, uh, what you've got is a situation where the just will live by faith. What the person said to me was, uh, Pastor Gary, the just will live here and now by faith. I mean, is that is that how you found it in your life? Yeah. yeah. Look, um, there are many passages in the Bible, many characters in the Bible, um, as we talked about earlier, who are strong characters. And for all, inten- for all intents and purposes, probably didn't need God. Mm-hmm. You look at kings, you look at somebody like David, yeah. you know, you look at first in the books of Samuel and Kings. Um, he didn't need God per se. He was a strong person and he could have just happily gone through life without God. Mm-hmm. And yet with God, he lived his life differently. Yep. It isn't, isn't just about propping you up. And sure, there are passages to say, you know, you're weak and you are, you know, and, and it's all of those, but it's a very incomplete picture of the Bible. Yep. It's a very incomplete picture of who God is. It's a very incomplete picture of Christianity and what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like that. Well, look, let's come to it because, you know, on one hand, we've got these claims certainly being made that faith is a crutch for the weak. On the other hand, you've got Paul turning around saying, no, it's the power of God to mm-hmm. salvation. Now, look, let me just – let's come to a few practical questions. I like to, you know, throw some, you know, practice at, at you if we can. Mm-hmm. Look, can can religion – be a crutch for some people. Well, it depends on how you define crutch, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, Gary, um, if I broke my leg and I needed a crutch, and I said, no, 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 I am a strong man, mm-hmm. so I don't need a crutch. In fact, funny st- well, it's not a funny story. I was playing basketball about 15 years ago now, and on the very first game, the very first uh, game of the new season, I was playing on a team. I'm about f- uh, 175 centimeters, so I'm not mm-hmm. very tall. I'm usually mm-hmm. a short, the smallest mm-hmm. guy out there. Mm-hmm. There was a guy who was 198 centimeters, about. That's my height. Yeah. So he jumps up, and I'm like, I'll just jump up and fight him for the ball. Why not? And of course, I lost. And not yeah. only that, he came down on my knee and my knee popped inwards. My Ooh. left knee. Oh, so you can imagine yeah, how yeah, that yeah, feels, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm writhing in pain. One guy comes to me, Gary. He says, get up, man. Walk it off. Walk it off. Now, my knee's so swollen. There's mm. a nurse there. They had to call the ambulance. I was going into shock. Mm. 
So I'm just, I'm just like going into shock, and they gave me this green whistle to calm me down. Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, when we got to the hospital, what happens? They bat, they wrap me up, they give me a crutch, I go home. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine Gary, if I said to, <laughs> to the nurses, "No, I'm a man. I'm gonna walk it off." Yeah, they would think I'm an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I can't recover. Yeah. So the idea of a crutch isn't just isn't uh, isn't just negative. It yeah. can actually be positive. Exactly. And the crutch, the idea of a crutch, isn't something that's meant to be there forever. Mm-hmm. So there are times in every part of our lives, in this in this sense, well, we talked about it earlier that God promises a powerful, you know, it's a powerful thing. The just shall live by faith. Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side, a crutch. Why why is it a bad thing if we really do need it? It's a temporary thing that helps us up. We have friends. We have a lot of those things. And it's funny because we say that oh, it's a it's God is invented or God was invented, you know, to help the weak. Well. I've seen from my experience with my friends and family that they go to other crutches, drugs, alcohol, watching TV, <laughs> things to help them cope. Now we don't go to them and say, "Hey, you know that's weak." Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. all have our coping mechanisms. The difference, however, when it comes to God, is that God isn't just a coping mechanism. He's a relationship God who wants to not just help us to get through that season, but to transform us and to make us into better people. So even if we can say it's a crutch, it's a temporary one. It's one that brings about change and that brings about healing, not yeah. just to support us because we are weak and we've got nothing else to do and we we tra- you know trample along life the whole way. Um, and when I hurt my knee, I had my I had an operation done, had mm. four screws put in, and I and I don't need the crutch anymore. And you know, you know it's yeah. really interesting you say that because on, I know on one particular occasion I will remember ministering to a uh, to a young man, and uh, in those days the you know heroin was the was the drug of drug of choice mm. um, and uh, I know that things have moved on a bit from there uh, but uh, uh, I well remember just uh, talking to him and uh, I, I remember him talking about his baptism and he said uh, he said Pastor Gary he said uh, do you know the thing that uh, most of most of you don't realize is that the day of my baptism I was higher and he wasn't talking about a drug induced high Mm. He was talking about uh, being what the impact that the Holy Spirit had actually mm. had mm. on him. Yeah. He wasn't high on drugs, mm-hmm. but rather he had emotionally had a burden lifted off him. Mm. Uh, and uh, he, he said to me, he said, on that day, I, I somehow supernaturally was able to break my addiction to heroin. Now, wow. that is virtually a, you know, to me, many would say that's a total impossibility. But, mm. you know, as I look at this, I turn around and say, hey, um, did he see this as a, a, as a power source? He certainly did see it as a power source. Mm. Uh, to me, that's, uh, uh, you know, that's, that, that really, uh, challenged my understanding of, of faith when he, uh, uh, in hearing that. Um, but look, uh, let's come to some uh, some music, uh, and uh, this is uh, Sandra Etterman, and uh, the song is uh, "Faithful uh, Faithful Men." Please, uh, please enjoy. Down your life to find 
that is Sandra Etterman, and uh, Sandra was singing uh, "Faithful, a uh, Faithful Men." Really appreciate uh, Sandra's ministry. Sandra has got a a wonderful ministry uh, on online. Once a week, she actually. Uh, plays uh, uh, with a small group of uh, musicians and uh, always very entertaining. Really appreciate the uh, the ministry that she's involved with. Uh, now, look, folks, uh, once again, now that uh, our giveaway this week is a copy of the Bible. Now, I know many of you have, have got Bibles. Some of you may not, though. Some of them, uh, some of your Bibles may be getting a little bit worn. Uh, this is a New King James uh, Bible that we're giving away this week. Now, we haven't actually given away a Bible before uh, on this particular show, but this week, for the whole week, we're just giving away the Bible. New King James uh, Bible with Mark Finley helps. Now, uh, these helps uh, will uh, guide you through some of the core biblical teachings. Uh, there's also a 12-month uh, reading plan in there to help you read through the Bible in uh, uh, in 12 months. Uh, tell me, Yoshi, have you ever um, used uh, one of these types of Bibles with a reading plan before at all? I have, I have. Um, I haven't used this particular one, yeah. but I'm sort of a type A OCD personality. My wife thinks it's a little bit weird, but something to, to guide me along. Now, the funny thing is I don't actually follow it down to the detail, but it's nice to have a plan. Um, to just guide us along, and I believe this is something that will be very beneficial. Yeah. So definitely send that text message with the code SA one zero three to yeah, the number. Yeah, that's that's and that number again is o four triple eight eight o eight eleven o four triple eight. 80811 and uh, that code again is SA103 and that will trigger our robot uh, his name is uh, uh, Pilgrim oh, they keep changing the name on me and uh, it's, it's confusing for an old bloke like uh, like me um, but uh, SA103 to 04888080811 and this is the New King James version with Mark Finley Bible study helps and also um, a plan to read the Bible through in 12 months. A real ripper of a... Uh uh, of a gift for uh, for this week, so we'd encourage you to please uh, please make contact. Uh, now you are listening to um, uh, to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with uh, Pastor Gary, and today my co-host is uh, Pastor Yong Sin Chi, and we call him uh, Yoshi. Uh, Yoshi has just been appointed as the secretary of the Seventh Day Adventist Church uh, right here in South Australia. That makes him one of my bosses, so I'm trying to uh, not embarrass him too much uh, too much today. And now, Yoshi, really appreciate what it is that you've uh, you've shared uh, so far. Now, look, is there anything else you know that you that might what sort of a response and anything else that you might say to someone who gets accused of uh, you know that hey you know this whole Christian belief structure is just a, a crutch for the weak you know is there anything else you'd say so the question is faith more than a crutch for the weak now here's one of the things I really appreciate about the Bible and the approach of the Bible um, let me read a verse in 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 the Bible says this but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Mm. So the Bible is in some ways a mirror. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, Gary. Why do we see 
um, or why, why does society, I suppose, acknowledge mm-hmm. weakness or this idea of recognizing our limitations as weakness? Mm-hmm. To me, it, that's like saying, if I'm sick, I'm too sick to go to the doctor. So I will go to the doctor only when I'm better. That's a good illustration. Now, that's, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, yes, yes. If, if, if you said to me, Gary, You wouldn't say that. We wouldn't say that. So recognizing that we have a weakness, we have a situation, we need God, to me, in many ways, is actually a strength. Yeah. So let me flip it around, Gary, and yeah. let me say yeah. that when we recognize that we need a crutch, is we saying to ourselves, we saying to God, we saying to our friends that we want to get better. Mm-hmm. I used the illustration of when I hurt my knee. Now, the doctor said to me, oh, you know, I had to wear this long thing to wrap around my leg and I have to use a crutch. I don't put any, any, any you know, weight on it and all that. Mm-hmm. Imagine if I said to him, nah, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm strong. I'm going to recover on my own. Mm-hmm. Now, we would say, once again, that's just stupid. In mm-hmm. fact, that's not just stupid. That's weakness. That's refusal to acknowledge where you're at. Mm-hmm. When somebody recognizes this that. This is really important, yeah. being prepared to acknowledge where you're at. Uh, do, mm-hmm. you, do you think sometimes as Christians we fail to acknowledge where yeah. we're at? Oh, yeah, definitely. But the most important thing, though, Gary, once we've acknowledged where we're at, the next step is letting God take us out of there and into something, into someplace better. Mm. So that verse that I just read, right? Beholding, like looking in the mirror, um, that we are being transformed into the image of God from glory mm. to glory. So even if we may feel like we're having a, we need a crutch right now, it's only temporary. It's strength. Uh, in acknowledging that we need a crutch, it's mm. wisdom and courage in acknowledging that we need someone to help us get better. Because if we don't acknowledge that, guess what? We'll never get better. Yeah. If yeah. I never follow the doctor's od- orders, that's it. In fact, uh, I have a bad confession to <laughs> sort of a confession that I have to make, right? After I hit, after I hurt my knee, I've got four screws in my leg mm-hmm. and the surgeon said to me, do you play soccer? Do you ski? I said, I don't. He goes, oh, do you want to play basketball ever again? I said, probably. He goes, you must do physio. Guess what I didn't do? Physio. Right. I just did enough to help me walk properly again. Yep, yep. Now I can't play basketball. Forever gone. Forever gone. I mean, I can, but I used to, in spite of my short stature, I used to be able to grab the rim on a 10-foot pole with both hands. Wow. Now I can barely touch the bottom of the net. Wow. That's because I didn't follow the doctor's instructions. Yeah. I thought I was strong enough. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the day when Jesus comes again, Gary. We're going to get a new body and I'll play a couple of rounds of basketball with, um, with, with Jesus. Yeah. Um, but again, to me, it, and ironically enough, it's my refusal to acknowledge that I need help that ended up being my weakness, my biggest weakness. Yeah. And, and I'm so conscious that within the uh, world in which we are living, mm. that is an incredible uh, issue that so many are actually struggling with, you mm. know, to be able to say, hey, look, you know, we do in fact need that support structure. There are times, you know, to, to me, I love the way that the uh, New Testament actually uh, gives various spiritual gifts to to the church. Mm. Uh, and of course, that's to lift people up, to hold them up, to encourage mm. them, to support them. If you like, the church is there to also do the work that Christ himself mm-hmm. did when he was on earth here. And to me, I look at that and I say, hey, what an incredible blessing uh, that uh, that really is. Mm. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, let's um, uh, just one other, just 
we, we just one thing I'd just like to touch on before we do finish because we're coming up to the very end of our program. But look, do believers ever have doubts about God, uh, you know, and His promises? I mean, how's it been in your life? Has has you know you you ever had doubts? I mean, is that a you know does that undermine faith? I think it's an important question because if there's no room for doubt, then there's no room for real faith and, and, and real growth. Yeah. You know, when I asked my wife to marry me, she had every, um, I don't, I don't want to say every reason, but yeah. she could say no. Yeah. If I held a gun to her head and said, marry me or else, then that wouldn't be love, would it? That wouldn't be a exactly. true relationship. There has to be that uh, that willingness. Yes, there has to be that willingness. So tying in with our topic for today, you know, understanding doubt, recognizing that we uh, need God, um, and recognizing that we can say no to Him, and recognizing that it's okay to ask questions. I think mm-hmm. all those things make the relationship stronger. Um, without room to be able to doubt, to ask questions, to, to, you know, go through this journey of figuring out what's what. Um, it's, it's like if you take an exam and the answers are given to you, Mm. I mean, I would love that, wouldn't you? Oh, lovely. Lovely. But then if, if you went back to your parents, if I went back to my mom and dad when I was in high school and said, Oh, I got straight A's. I got a hundred out of a hundred. Oh, how'd you do that? You know, Oh, I, I had the answers right next to me. And yeah. they'll probably be, still be proud of me. They'll still love me. Yeah, yeah. But it's a little bit different when I've gone through that journey of asking questions and figuring out things out for myself. Yeah. So I believe doubt is actually not a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I think yeah. God wants us to ask questions. I think that is actually very closely linked to this whole subject of freedom, which you also correctly point out, because mm. you know God has given us freedom to be able to ask questions mm-hmm. to struggle with issues i know that you know sometimes sometimes people you know think that you know pastors have it all have it all together <laughs> you know i don't know how it's been your your ministry once no. upon a time you know i mean I, I i think i um i think i could have come close to that particular view uh, but you know more and more i'm just so conscious that um do does our life mm. raise questions? Yes, it does. Mm. But you know, the thing that I really appreciate about faith is that the Word of God actually provides answers. It's mm. okay to question, but the thing I love about the Word of God is just the way, in That's fact, right. to me, yeah. the thing that I look for in the Word of God is a thing called evidence. Because mm. to me, the more I dig into the Word of God, uh, and this is what we're going to be talking about in tomorrow's program, and tomorrow's program we're going to be talking about this issue of is faith blind or is it supported by evidence? And what I'm, we're going to be suggesting tomorrow is that, in fact, faith has as its very foundation uh, this thing uh, called evidence. And, you know, to me, when I look at you know, predictive prophecy, when I look at, mm-hmm. you know, archaeological evidence, when I look at the words of the historians, you know, when I look at, you know, Paul talks about the, the resurrection from the dead, and then you, you look at the ancient Roman historians, and you just see Evidence stacked upon evidence stacked mm. upon evidence. And I just simply say, hey, uh, there's something uh, very, very powerful in the, 
in the word of God. Amen. Um, you know, Lord. yes, you might make a claim that it's a crutch for the weak, but just sometimes uh, I believe we do need uh, the word of God. Sometimes we need support. Sometimes we need the support of our God. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we need the support of our fellow believers. And that, as you correctly point out, is not a sign of weakness, mm-hmm. but rather of of strength. Mm-hmm. Love that. Really love that. Look, it has come time for us to, to bring it all together. Uh, Yoshi, I'm just wondering, we'd like to finish with a prayer if mm-hmm. we if we can. Would you like to pray for us, and particularly for anybody out there that might be struggling mm-hmm. uh, right now? Would you pray for us? It would be my absolute pleasure. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for just all that you've done for us. And Lord, I know there are some, many perhaps, who is listening in right now, who is going through, who are going through some struggles and some challenges and, uh, qu- asking questions, doubting perhaps. And Lord, I believe it's, providence that they've tuned in and lord i ask that you would just reveal yourself in ways that only you can and lord even if it seems like a crutch but at the end of the day you want to heal us you want to bring us out of wherever we're at and you want to transform us as paul says in corinthians from glory to glory into Mm. your image so i pray for everyone who's listening out there knowing that lord uh, when you come back to take us home uh, we will be able to put all this behind us but until then in Encourage us, lift us up, uh, continue to support us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor Yoshi on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when another of my bosses uh, joins me. That's Pastor David, and we're going to be asking that uh, big question, does faith exclude reason? How important is that? is that question? Really look forward to seeing you, but until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.